So, um, we start this podcast with a statement. We're going to make a statement here today. And here's my statement. In the words of the great, great American actor, Peter Griffin. You know what really grinds my gears? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about things that grind my gears. We're going to think that, talk about things that grind, grind, grind. That's grind and Don put together. <laughs> grind Don's gears. We're going to talk about pet peeves, also known as Wally peeves, in segment one. Pet peeves, Don. There are a lot of them. We talked before we hit the old red circle button here today. And, oh, boy, this one. We talk about 60 random minutes. There might not be any skipping around because this thing might go the whole way, baby. Well, I was listening to a podcast, and it was about Nico Candy. And the person said, I'm not trying to be ageist, but Nico's an old person candy. What? First of all, I've never heard of that candy, but I believe you. Um, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the, here's the deal. Okay. Um, Whenever somebody taught says, you you said the ageist, I don't mean like if you hear the, the following words come out of somebody's mouth, you need to stop them, put their hand like an inch away from their face and say, sorry for not social distancing. And secondly, (laughs) secondly, stop. Because if someone says, I don't mean to be, and they say racist, sexist, ageist, whatever. Yep. That means the next breath, the absolute next thing that's about to come out of their mouth is racist, sexist, ageist, etc. Every single time in possibly my life, definitely I would say the last five years that I've been around people, when they say, I don't mean to be the very next thing. Why do you think that is? Why? First of all, first of all, have you ever seen the movie Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby? I have not. Sorry. <sighs> okay. Okay. That's fine. Story time. This is, it, this is where you got to explain to me. I mean, obviously I know that's a Will es- Ferrell movie. Essentially what happens is the guy's a cocky race car driver. He wins every race, right? So he thinks he can go around and say anything to, to anything to anybody with saying before he says anything to anybody. He says, with all due respect. I think that's what oh. it is. With and and he has respect. no respect, right? With no respect. And then he's like, he'll be like, with all due respect, and they'll say the meanest thing in the world. They'll be like, and then people explain to him, well, you can't just say <laughs> with all due respect and then just say whatever you want. That doesn't make it. And I'm I'm 90% sure it's with all due respect, but that the phrase might be a little bit different. But anyway, the point is, in that movie, he says, you know, and then he responds like, yeah, I can. It's in the Geneva Convention. Um <laughs> Okay. I get you out of everything. Right, exactly. So, um, so that's like you can't just start by saying, I don't mean to be. No. But that means, by, by, but I guess by just saying that, it says, I don't mean to be, which which I guess maybe maybe people like you and I should just accept that Well, because they're saying, I don't mean to be, but I'm going no. to be. No, you know it means I, mean? I know that this sounds racist. And they're they're pre-apologizing. They're saying, "I know this sounds yeah. racist. I don't want you to think of me as a racist. I want you to recognize that I know that what I'm about to say is probably wrong." 
but it's not going to stop me. But I want you to know that there's awareness there. So I am a known ageist and I recognize my ageism. And the funny thing is, I don't think that when I heard this and maybe the same with you, I don't think they realized you are being you, you're doing it. You, you you're totally doing it. You don't come across as an aware woke person. You come across exactly as you said you're not. You've you've nailed it. So what does that make them? Does that make them a hypocrite? What does that make them? You know? Oh, that's a good question. Well, hypocrite kind of implies some kind of unknown intent. Maybe we're getting a little bit deeper than we uh, originally sought out to be here, but uh, well, but that's I, just, that's just one pet peeve. Well, what the one thing I love, this is one of my favorite work ones is the emails that start with, as you may have heard, which is a completely unnecessary introduction. All it really, I think I, I read that when I see, as you may have heard, and then there's an announcement afterwards, I feel like they're saying, well, the rumor mill's gotten a hold of this, so I better say something finally. Like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, quote unquote, get in front of this, but clearly I'm not because I'm adding, as you may have heard. I thought, why don't you just open up with what you're going to say? Instead of, as you may have heard, we're doing a podcast. Why not? We're going to record a podcast. I, uh, you don't, I don't care if you've heard about it or not. That's irrelevant. The kids these days uh, refer to that. At least this is what I'm going to say. They refer to that as a flex. Duff. Oh, it's a flex. It's a flex. That's how I okay. see it. Like, as you may have heard, meaning... Like, let's use your podcast example. If I'm telling somebody that I know, I know that person doesn't know that we have a podcast. As you may have heard. Yes. We're starting a podcast. So, and they say, well, no. Well, <laughs> I you're know I'm outs. starting a podcast. You're on the outside. I'm on the inside. I know. Right. As you may have heard, the Los so, Angeles Rams are going to trade for Matthew Stafford. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, you I'm stay the one, over I'm there. Not, yeah, you outsider. I've always thought to myself, when it comes to work, where this email is coming from maybe human resources or your leadership, there's no reason for you to flex in that regard. So I think you're now you've really made it worse because I always thought it was dumb that they did that. But now you've added the flexing on top of it. And now you're almost like rubbing it in my face. And I almost feel like the people that are in the end do they feel better knowing that they that this rumor they heard is now officially being announced or or do you somehow feel privileged that you were on the inside or do you really just rub it in the faces of all the people who didn't know so like we've told all the important people now we're telling you well sometimes I, I wonder if that's what that means it's a way to kind of puff out their chest a little bit and say and in a group setting right these are usually said you said in emails these are usually yep. group emails. This isn't a one-to-one -one thing. It's not no. even three or four person. It's usually a pretty wide group. So it allows that person to kind of flex their muscles, so to speak, and say, well, I've heard of it. Have you heard of it? Because I've heard right. of it. So right. So I'm, I'm, I'm higher on the food chain, or at least I should be, or maybe, the, yeah, maybe they're trying to get higher on the food chain. <laughs> trying you know? to feel better about themselves. Do you think anyone's ever like made something completely up and says, as you may have heard <laughs> – I'm sure. Why not? <laughs> and then see if it sticks. Probably not at work, but yeah, that, that that might be how the rumor starts. You know. So yeah, that's a whole other podcast. How do rumors start? 
Oh my gosh. I mean, you could go on and on about that. How yeah, did, someone has to start them. How did the very first rumor start? And it was what the was the agent. Rumor? It was the agent leaking information so that he could get his his or her client more money. Yeah. I don't know. That's these are all great and fantastic questions to ask. So, okay, so other pet peeves. Oh boy. Uh you might have to take the take the reins on this one and then I'll I'll follow in line. Even though you did just say even though you oh I got one no 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 I thought of one and you're gonna be like Ted you might have OCD or you might have something wrong in your head uh, okay so we're so you're having it could be pasta it could be cinnamon rolls anything in a pan okay okay that you cut and you slice okay when when you're done eating or you're done for the day it has to be in a straight line okay. So if you can imagine this, say you have a, a pan of nine cinnamon rolls, three, three, and three, and I eat one, and my wife Bridget eats one, and then we're saying, okay, we'll put them away. I cannot, in my own conscience, put them back in the fridge knowing that it is an uneven line. It has to be a straight line. Sometimes you can talk me into saying, we'll eat it later, maybe for a late night snack. Oh, so the day, the, the clock won't change, or the day, the calendar page won't flip one so that that line is interrupted. You can talk me into it, um, but it's not preferred. Usually it is in one sitting. If after the sitting, and say, well, we're done eating, and there's a... There's not a straight line. I can't live with myself. I have been full. Maybe not Thanksgiving full, but pretty darn full. I have been pretty darn full, and there's been a, a roll or a biscuit or whatever left in the pan. And I see it. I'm like, I can't. I cannot have this under my watch. For the greater good. It needs to be straight. I view – I view I – I can't. It's just one of those things. It's just one of those things – Maybe I got undiagnosed OCD. I don't know. I, I cannot. It, if there's one left in a row, it has to be gone because that's just your, your – I, man, I'm just – I'm getting worked up just thinking about it <laughs> because I know in the fridge there's some pasta. And there's now, a crooked line. And now I might there. have to go upstairs and check if there's a crooked line. Um, <laughs> that is definitely some OCD work right there. <laughs> so that's, that's one for me. That's when I, I I can't. Oh man, I've there's been times where I've been very full, and I'm like, I got to, I gotta, because I won't be able to, I won't be able to sleep. I there's been times where I've, where, it's been late at night, and I know that there's one left. I'm like, oh, there's one left. I can't go to bed unless I straighten it out. And uh, Bridget's in bed, and I'm like, I just got to finish this. I got to. I can't. I can't go to bed without without having a straight line in the pan. It needs to be a straight line in the pan. That's that's my belief. I'm, he I'm hearing I'm hearing dust I'm hearing Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man while you're saying that. Definitely definitely need a straight line. Definitely need a straight line. <laughs> definitely hearing that when you as you're talking. I'd say for my kids probably could list more pet peeves about me than I than Yeah. I know I have them. I like to be efficient and organized. I don't like to waste my time or my energy. 
I'm not lazy uh, by any means. I, I have I always have energy to do stuff, and usually people are telling me to calm down. Can I bring up one from my career, yeah. career um, in the past as a TV yes. sports reporter? Um, oh boy. This is one, and I, I maybe have a longer list of sports casting pet peeves than any other list just because I've spent so much time on try to, trying to hone that craft, yeah, so to speak. Um, but there's one thing. There's one that tops the list in the sports reporting pet peeves. When they're in a – it could be an interview. It could be a press conference, whatever. I'm asking so-and-so a question, and they start it – and they start their idea or their question with, talk about or talk to me about hmm. well yeah that's what we're doing right now we're talking to each other in an interview we're talking at a press conference when i'm when you're supposed to ask someone a question that's engaging that's going to get a long response you're not trying to get a yes question you're not supposed to give a no question but there are there are sideline reporters that work for espn at the highest level that say talk about in the like at halftime of a huge game right so this is being done at the highest level, and it's being done at all levels, and it it re- it just bugs me because I'm like, you're there, you're getting paid a lot of money to ask creative questions, and you start with talk to me about. Well, yeah, that's what we're already doing. We're already <laughs> talking. Get to we, the question. We don't need to. It's it's like that filler. I think the American culture, the just the the speaking is all full of filler language. I would say, I would guess 30% of the words that humans speak is filler. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I I actually was engaged with Toastmasters. I got involved with it because I gave a speech in front of the company. They had me organizing all of their information. My job title was knowledge engineer, which is a super cool title. they told me the job they wanted to do, and I had to figure out how I was going to do the job, what to call the job, and everything. But my job was to clean up the mess and stop all of the variances and differences and everything. And I gave a presentation in front of the company, like our division, and afterwards, I had no idea what I said. And I realized, oh my gosh, I was so nervous, and I think I did a pretty good job, but I felt like I could have done better. So I joined Toastmasters, and one of the things that they do is when you're giving speeches, they watch for the crutch words. They track how many times you say um and ah. Someone's job is to track that. They have someone who comes up with the word of the day, and you have to try to finesse it in. And they teach you the structured language, the way you'd start a meeting officially. You know, thank you, chairperson for introducing me. Let me and in the handoffs. And I wasn't so good at that. But I did learn to get rid of the ums and ahs, and I'm hoping that you don't hear them on the podcast, and I'm hoping that you don't hear them when I'm doing my color commentary because it was something that I realized that often instead of pausing, people will just make noises, and those noises are um, you know, or in Minnesota, soul, you get that thrown in. And you want to eliminate those, and now – the bad news is once you've done that a couple times in those meetings, basically TV's ruined and radio's ruined because now you hear them and you know that someone is using a pen and they're tick marking each time. Oh, he said, um, he said, you know, or you repeat your words 
Now, stuttering is fine and acceptable. It's certainly something that a lot of people have overcome, including James Earl Jones, famous for it. But constant throughout the years out, has been baseball. That's yes, what I think of when I think of James Earl Jones. You probably think of uh, something Star Wars related, but the construct through all the years has been baseball, and he's walking uh, with all the ghosts behind him in Field of Dreams. Anyway, I had to get that in there. No, you, there's nothing wrong with adding a Field of Dream <laughs> reference. That is a great movie. But getting rid of those extra words ties into right what you're saying, and I, I feel like for me sometimes a pet peeve when people have all these repeated words that don't mean anything or if someone tells a story and they can't get to the point, I can get frustrated. Especially so when I, you're busy and you'd be like, I'm doing something. Get to the point here. Quit dancing around. Crap or get off the pot, you know, kind of is, is, is one way to put it. Yes. There's a lot. man. There, but why do you think people have? Why do you think people are so bothered by some little things? Like why are – I don't want to say why do pet peeves exist. That's a that seems like more of a scientific question than than anything. But why do you think people are are like that? Why do you think certain things bother people a certain way? It's so interesting. I'm guessing that each person has their own way they think things should be done and if you do it differently, they have to decide if they care enough to try to control it. I think it kind of drives down to control. I think if you're super relaxed and don't care, someone tells a long story, they they say, as you may have heard, and you go, whatever. But if you think, man, don't waste my time, get to the cut, the cut to the chaff or get to the chase or be brief and then be brilliant and then be gone. You know, one of those things I think is what might be what it is. Maybe they they would have done it differently and they get annoyed that you're doing it a different way. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. It's a good question. What do you think, Ted? I need to be more, maybe I need to be more open. Maybe I don't need to be so controlling, I think is what Don is trying to tell me right now. I need to be a little bit more relaxed and <laughs> just not be so bothered by everything. How do you feel about that, Ted? How do you feel about it? Well, is this session helpful? <sighs> Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Don. <laughs> Can you imagine Dr. Don, the therapist? Oh, my God, No. <laughs> There's, there's, I can't imagine it. There's an episode. I do like to listen to people. That's that. I don't know. I don't think I'm ready for that. Do you think we serve as therapists for some people that listen to us? Uh, I mean, I think if we added a guest, maybe we could. Mind uh, blown. <laughs> wow. I don't think we're there. I don't. Maybe. Think we're there maybe. Yet. Maybe we're the pet peeve to some people. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Right now, people are probably saying, "I wish they wouldn't do this at all." <laughs> or stop something. I wonder, maybe they'll comment on our posts after this is published and tell us all the pet peeves that we violated, all the rules we didn't follow. And ladies and gentlemen, you got your witch because that's the end of our first segment. <laughs> So, Ted, let me ask you, is there anything that is more is an is an angel of good tidings? Do all good things cometh from a white panel van? I have to ask you because I'm outside with the dog shoveling some snow. And a white panel van drives by the house and they always catch your eye because, you know, there isn't a cop show without one. 
and you don't know what's going to happen in these things. They got a bad rap. <laughs> they do have a bad rap. And they, he stops at the end of the driveway. And he leans out his window and he says, hey, you, you want any meat? Oh, gosh. This guy was trying to sell me meat out of his white panel van. Did it have windows in it? No, oh. it did not. Oh boy, no windows. But and I was like, no, no thanks. No, okay. We've You're so about kind. Our, <laughs> we've talked about our food, right? I love meat. Would I love to buy? Would I love a good deal on some brats, some steaks, some ribs? Absolutely, smurfing lootly. But come on, not from a stranger's van. I mean, I, I, I I'm really struggling to figure out. How does this work? Uh, it, it's kind of a stretch in a way if the Swan's truck is on your street and he kind of stops and says, hey, I'm in your neighborhood. You get those flyers all the time where people say they're working on a house in your neighborhood and they want to work on yours, too. Not that I believe them. Of course, they're not working on a house in my neighborhood. But this guy driving down the street and I'm thinking, how gutsy of this guy to just stop along the street, find people who are shoveling because – you know, I'm shoveling snow. Clearly the best time for me to be thinking about food is right now in the middle of shoveling snow. And I got my dog outside. Great time to sell. That's me actually not a bad strategy though. If you I mean, really it, think about it, because you're outside shoveling snow, you're yes. getting a workout. You're working up an appetite. Am I wrong? I, I'm always hungry. So that's not, you're right. That's not a problem. It's a weird time to approach me, but I know. And a weird topic like who, and I'm wondering to myself, this must work. If I'm thinking and, sales strategy, right? I'm thinking Benjamins and Lincolns. You know, <laughs> if that's if I'm thinking sales strategy, I, you know, obviously I do not condone strangers in white vans trying to sell or d- do that that sort of thing. <laughs> just gonna make I'm gonna put that on the record. Before we may not be FDA approved. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> Maybe not. That might not be. But good stuff. But if you you take that. If you take that out of the equation, which I know is a very large part of it, but if you take that out of the equation, people shoveling, you know, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, they're they're working up an appetite. When were you shoveling? What time of day? Uh, it was afternoon. It, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, not a bad time. It was pre-dinner. It was a time when you might be thinking about getting the family dinner together. So it was, the, it was after I, I. Boy, I can't remember the last time I shoveled or snowblowed after 12 o'clock p.m. That's always a morning activity. <laughs> well, I'm imagining the funny part where dinner is served. You have your whole family around the table. Everyone's digging in. They're like, man, this is really good. Where did you get this? And you say, <laughs> oh, this guy in a white van was selling me. Would you, if, the, if that was the case, if for some other reason you were compelled and you're like, man, I need that. <laughs> I need, I need, that's right. You know what? This guy looks uh, we, fine. We, yeah. we just had. We, what could happen? We just ran out of ground beef the other day. We had our last deal, and he's sitting there and he's waving a ribeye in my face. That's right. That's and like, look, and look, if look I, what God has brought upon us. Yes. And if I buy that, and if somebody does ask you, where did you get the meat? Would you tell them honestly? Well, guy drove up to my driveway, white van, no windows. He asked me, you want some meat? You know? That's right. That's right. Would you tell them that honestly? I, 
I think the next question is, do you know this guy? Like, also, no, it never depends on who's never asking that. Again. Who's asking that question? Is this an extended family dinner? Is it immediate? So you can be so you can be more uh, more candid with your immediate family. Oh my gosh! I love can... the idea that that Thanksgiving turkey that you're carving just came out of some random van. <laughs> And the family, you tell them halfway through the meal that you have no idea where this Maybe, came from. Here's, here's an idea. Here's yeah. an idea. Maybe he's trying to restore the image of the white van. Maybe. Uh, sure. oh, hear me out on this one. Hear me <laughs> I'm out. listening. Hear I'm me listening. out. Maybe he's going around neighborhoods. And obviously, white <laughs> van, guy pulls up, no windows. Oh, boy. Everybody got to run away, right? Yeah. He's being friendly. He's selling meat. Yep. One person, you got to think, if he goes around to enough houses and he comes off good at least at one of them, someone's going to at least listen, right? I'm not going to say. No, well, someone must. It must work, right? Yeah, if that's what I'm saying. Worked, they'd stop. One person. And that one person is going to say, well, this nice guy, white van, got me some meat. I cook it and it tasted good. They just had a good experience with white vans, strangers <laughs> and white vans. They just And you know what that did? Now they're going to tell all their friends about the great experience they had with a stranger in a white van. That's right. You and it, maybe it, and maybe this guy is a hero. Maybe yeah. this guy is trying to turn around the image of white yep. vans in America. And like my friend Steph said, if you're if you're a white van with candy, I need to see the candy first. Show me the candy first. So maybe show me that steak and you might be in. But okay, so here's what I'm really wondering. This must work occasionally. And in a related note, I got some emails recently in my spam folder. And sometimes I look at the topics because they make me laugh. I got some for CBD, right? I'm going to buy cannabis. And I'm wondering, okay, I get that you may use word of mouth or something to find these this kind of product. But who is buying cannabis off unsolicited emails i i mean are people really sitting down and thinking gosh you know i really wish i had a way to buy cannabis oh my gosh look at this it's in my inbox this is so cool what a great coincidence like who and solar panels i've been offered solar panels via email and i thought who is buying solar panels off a unsolicited email who buys anything off of emails anymore I don't know. The I'm way really to do confused. it is following and tracking all of your information and giving you ads on Facebook, don't you know? Yes. That's if the way click, to do it. If you click these <laughs> emails, can you please tell me why are you doing this? I I mean, my mom, who's older, and she's the targeted generation because she's in that, you know, computer Ill, semi-literate faction and uh, – she would not fall for that. She's like, no, I would never, I would never click an, an unsolicited ad and order products. She goes, I would, I would search for the product or go to the store. I would never just. So I'm wondering who is buying CBD oil off random emails that they get. It just, it blows my mind. I, 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 I seriously am confused. Like, I, I, the only thing that makes sense is if someone clicks it by accident and then they accidentally continue to order it. I don't really understand how someone could seriously think that this is some kind of godsend that I'm getting a random email on something that I really wanted. How did they know? It's almost like they're reading my mind. And then you execute on that. It, it boggles my mind, Ted. Isn't that the same thing as people that see the 
Facebook ads or all the other ads that take the information of stuff that you've been browsing on the web? Is that yeah. the same thing that they see the ad, they click and they buy it? I, I mean, similar. I guess they kind of go, well, if it's got a Facebook ad, it can't be it's can't be Ill- illegitimate, can it? But in that in that instance, when that they you they're they're taking information of stuff you've already googled yep. at that mm-hmm. point. So so they yeah. they know you're at least kind of interested in it. You know, and I'm telling you, I have not been out in my driveway yelling, "I really want meat." And I have not been Google searching <laughs> CBD oil, so I don't know where these come from. But I'm wondering who on earth clicks these dumb things. It really boggles my mind. You need to sit at the end of your driveway and <laughs> solicit some meat. Exactly. Like, I'm waiting for the meat truck. When's it going to show up? I've been. Wa- I mean, the, the only time I've I have I've fallen for something similar to this once. Once I went to a sporting event, and after the event. They were selling sports team T-shirts. It was like a street vendor. And I bought one of the T-shirts. It was like five bucks for a T-shirt. It was a really good deal. And then when I got to the car, I realized that what they had done is they had printed they had printed on the other side of the shirt. So the one-sided shirt, and they had printed on the other and had two different like events. Like They took these T-shirts that were left over from something else printed this sports team logo on the other side of it and then sold that and like in a hurry had bought it for five bucks. So I guess I, I got suckered once. And so now we can say, yep, lesson learned, but I will not buy meat from an unmarked white van. (laughs) I can just imagine you sitting out there trying to solicit some meat and it follows on and you do, you update it on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> and then eventually, after whatever amount of time, you you tweet the gif. It's a gif or jif, by the way. Ooh. Okay. Another episode. We'll just whatever. I'll just call it a gif for now. Yeah. Because uh, I, like I think it. jif is the peanut butter. Gif is the picture. I'm anyway. good. I'm. I agree. Case um, closed. Good. So so save, saved us twenty minutes, I guess. But <laughs> save uh, save their listeners twenty yeah. minutes. <laughs> gif. Uh, then, then at the end, you put the gif of the old lady from Titanic saying, "It's been 84 years yes. um, since I found out." Since I, I had the white van go by. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, was the craziest thing. Have you ever had any crazy unsolicited? I have had the kids <sighs> come to the door who are selling the magazines. Oh, I've had that happen. I've had the doorbell ring, and it will just hide. Um, <laughs> just, like I don't want it. I don't want. You know, maybe this is. I'm not saying I do this all the time anymore. I'm, I feel like I'm more of a grown man now. I'm almost 30 <laughs> years old. Um, I hide. I turn the lights off and tell them I'm not old. Right. I would ra- <laughs> Sometimes I'd rather just be like hide instead of telling a kid, no thanks, I can't support your baseball team or softball uh, team. Or, or what you guys probably aren't that good anyway. Is that how you end it? I, I I'd say nothing about their quality. I do not make judgments of their athleticism. Right? You don't on the look doorstep. like a baseball player. <laughs> Here, have some meat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, if you so if you were selling meat, that would be different. I mean, I guess the Boy Scouts sell the wreaths, and and you've I've purchased the 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 discount cards. I think those are a good deal, and usually. They're, you know, it helps if there's a parent with them, but I've had the person with their, their, their raising money for clean water and it sucks because I really want to help these people. Like I really, I, but I want to make sure I'm helping them. You know, 
it, it, I don't want to be just giving my money to someone who's scamming me. But if, if the money were really helping you, like the person who's standing at the streetlight corner and saying, hey, I, you know, I, I, I need some money for food. I need some money for rent. Like if I, I want to believe that that's really what they do want. And if they did, I would love that. Like I, I'd love to be, I've, I've, I've given them like a water before and stuff like that. And I love that kind of vibe. I just can't trust that they're really doing the right thing. And I can't trust that meat is actually what meat I should be eating. I, I got so sucked up into this story that I was just about to ask you what kind of meat it was, but you didn't buy the meat. No, I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I just I, I thought it was hilarious that he even asked. And I thought, come on, man. I mean, I can't. Did do it look it. Like, like he maybe he just had extra meat and he didn't I mean, want that, it to go bad. And he maybe he went to the grocery store and you know, like, oh, I got too much meat. I need to get rid of some of this. Maybe I, it wasn't a business for him. Did, did that ever cross your mind? Yes, I guarantee you that that is exactly what he would have told me. He would have said. I've had this big order that I placed with uh, some restaurant and they didn't want to take it all. And now I've got to take all this back and I'd rather not take it back to the warehouse where it comes from. So let me give you a deal. Really. I mean, it would help me out and I love helping you out. I totally expect that to be where the story goes because it's going to be something crazy, you know, where it's going to be something where you're just helping the guy out. Oh, there, there was some mix up and they doubled my meat order. It's like I, I, if it was if I could believe that was true, I could believe that the meat was worth buying. Here's, there's no way I can believe it. I don't mean to get too political, but and maybe one day, maybe one day the much awaited political episode will happen here on 60 Random Minutes. But that day's not today. <laughs> but. Not to get too political, but if it were a woman in a green SUV coming up to you and saying, do you want some meat, would your reaction have been different? Absolutely not. No. So no. it wasn't a van thing. The, the van, or if it was just the guy in a, um, in a red sports car. Same thing? It would have reacted the same way? You still would have thought it was as weird? Stranger offering me unsolicited goods is creepy when you have the white van you're just you just you just add another other y so it's creepy you got another y at the end of it you've just made it creepy er it's not any so you it's not still, any better you still want to no. change your reaction but it's it's just something else added on okay no i mean if if it was a part of if it if, if maybe you could potentially sell me on the idea that it was like a sports team fundraiser or school fundraiser, then you might, you might be able to convince me, but I'd be very, very skeptical because I just don't believe that that would be legitimate. I didn't believe this guy to be legitimate and it had nothing to do with him being male. It had nothing to do with the white panel panel van that just made it perfect because the white panel van is the poster child for bad things happening on television. This is a fascinating conversation. I, I'm going to be honest. Don prefaced this conversation and said, Ted, I'm going to tell a story about a white van. And, yes. and we're like, well, we're going to watch the clock. And if we get to 10 minutes, we might we might duck out and do the next segment. It's 30 minutes. We're more than 25 yes. in, minutes into this sucker right now. And it Are is we, going I, strong. Uh, that's I, I well, just is it going understand. strong if we're talking about this right now? 
I don't know. I, I just I just don't understand. Like, do we need to get something in schools to teach these people to stop? Like, I get the phone calls for the extended warranty on my car. Yep. It's the same thing. Who – how weird is it that but they'd call your house randomly the thing is, and it, they don't even know what car you have? It like, works on people. That See, the thing, if, if it doesn't work, they would try something else. I know. How but is it working? This clearly uh, works. Who needs to tell their parents, their siblings, their nieces, their uncles? Who Who's dropping the ball here? Do we need to add this? Okay, we, we're talking about updating school curriculums, right? To improve the quality of our kids' education. And I think it would be good to teach them some finance and stuff. But I think we really need to have a one day in school talks about these stupid, annoying scams. And we need to stop them. That No one should be buying their auto insurance off a random phone call and i can see why someone could think they won a trip to florida or di- or california i can see why you might believe that that's a, that's that is is understandable to me but to think to myself well my social security number just got declined i need to get that fixed and they just need a credit card to fix that for me i don't understand who's falling for this and why these people aren't talking to their parents to say no no, mom, no, don't do that. Dad, no, don't help them. There, or you have the gullible sibling. No, don't do it. There needs to Who's be some education. There's been some videos I've seen of local police departments that are taking these types of phone calls. Yes. Um, and that are, it's almost like they get these phone calls and then they must tell their colleague hey record this quick so we can so we can put this out on our social media so we can teach people how to correctly respond uh to this type of call i think you know having uh, maybe some local police come in for for a day and do some education that way among this yes. among other things um yeah. would would be very helpful and if you just gave me a list give me a list of all the things you know that that uh, that you should avoid i mean i know the things to avoid um but you know when you when you're younger you know i don't know just you might not know no i like my my friend said what he does when he gets these stupid phone calls he actually plays along and he tells them that he would be interested in an extended warranty on his 1954 mustang (laughs) it's red and they really usually they hang up on him which is great because he's wasting their time. Yeah, you gotta have you get you gotta have fun with it. I think that that's another way to do it. That's another but, way to do it. But it kills me that there is a percentage of the people who are falling for this. It 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 really makes me kind of sad because I'm thinking, what a waste! Like, what if we could put these people's power to good to help people to do something positive in the world? Maybe get them that life insurance policy that they really need. If only we could plug those those people into those needs it's just so crazy to me that anybody would do that i just don't even understand it i'm not buying meat from the street it's just not happening i'm sorry you have did. to have it's done it's not happening and, no meat from the street and it's on the buyer it's not on the guy the guy's just trying to go out there and trying to make a buck right or maybe he's, he's hustling yeah he's hustling you know you him. can't blame the guy but you got to blame the people that buy it that's i think yes. the people you got to blame Wow, wow, wow. Don, you have surprised me. We have made it 20 minutes. That is the end of segment two. Segment three right around the corner. The music means it's time to rock out our next topic. Guitar solo! (laughs) 
Concerts. A lot of things we can find out at concerts about about one another. Um, I can start, and then my first concert. Let's play a little guessing game, okay? A little guessing game. I'm not, crew. I'm. Did I, I told you that already, didn't I? <laughs> you ruined. I, the, I get a prize. I get a prize. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I was about to say I'm not talking. I'm talking first concert. I'm talking a size of. I'm talking about bingo hall i'm talking about american oh. legion i'm talking about any concert oh. i'm talking about anything my very first experience with live music i did not grow up with live music i that was not my family was not no it just it didn't it didn't happen um Ooh. yep we were polka born, band no no it was st- no it was still i'm still saying it was still motley crew i'm just trying to make the point <laughs> I was, gosh, how old? I might have been 19, 19, 20 years old, and that was my first concert. I lived a sheltered childhood. I am not going to, I am not going to say, I'm trying to make up for lost time right now, Don. I'm trying to make up for lost time. (laughs) This year's not helping. No, it's not. (laughs) Got to figure that out. But, um, but anyway, Motley Crue was my first concert. Now, given this is not 1986 through 1980, was it nine? In 1988, 89, Motley Crue. This isn't the height, right? They're not. They're not moving around. I mean, you got you got Vince Neil, you know, looking like he's got a watermelon right above above his belt, and he can barely, you know, kickstart my, you know, he takes a deep <laughs> breath after every freaking. Oh, if you've ever been to a Motley Crue concert within the last. 10 years you know what i'm talking about um anyway anyway um God, God. okay ted try to guess mine i since i guessed yours <laughs> what was my first concert fleetwood I'll mac give, uh, i'll give you a hint i just guessed did i get it right uh, no you were not close uh no my dad's favorite band the beach boys and i still i actually got a pretty cool souvenir from it i still have the poster. I still have the concert poster. I had a chance to see the Beach Boys. I mean, a couple of the uh, original bandmates were no longer with them, uh, so to speak. But question, um, were the Beach Boys in their prime? You kind of lumped them in. Obviously, the Beatles are the Beatles, right? They're way up here. Um, yep. But And the Beach Boys are kind of in that same time period. Were the Beach uh, Boys, right? Or, or were they kind of around then? The I 60s? think they're a little after. I think okay, they were a little, a little after. bit after. Yeah. Uh, the same style of music is kind of what I'm going for, right? Don't they they sound similar, would you say? Mm, Jeez, I'm I, 0 for 2. Gosh, where's strike 3? It's coming right around the corner. Apparently. I, well, I would say no because Stupid the Beatles were like that surf pop. They were like surf yeah, pop that, music, and then the Beatles were not really – I don't – Who am I thinking? I guess of? they were all on the same radio. I mean, I mean and, and that's an interesting thing to ponder is how – Radio has shifted from, you know, MTV used to play everything to now you have these very small slivers of music. And then you have some people who will break through those barriers. But generally you have your top 40 and that's a certain formula. And if it's too rocky, it can't be played. Every now and then you have like a Taylor Swift who's country slash pop. I would love to talk about this. I worked in radio for four years, my first four years in the broadcasting business. We're in radio, and during that time, I worked at a classic rock station, Rock and Hits, 96.1 WTCX in Fond du Lac, <laughs> Wisconsin. Um, and we were, they have since changed their format and their oh. branding 
to a more modern rock. So they don't play as much Van Halen and okay. sticks and stuff. They play newer, um, newer rock. Maybe some might say harder rock um, in there. So, and then we were we when we, when I worked there, we were undergoing. There was all kinds of topics thrown around about a format change, right? We were classic rock. One that almost happened was country rock, right? Country oh. used to be slower. So like Leonard Skinner then? Or what's country rock? Newer, newer country rock, right? Oh. You know, country Keith music, Urban. Country music used to be, you know, trucks, uh, why did my woman leave me, you know, slower songs type of stuff. Yeah. Then it kind of it, and then it then the the pace of country music quickened a little bit, right? Um, you yes. got you know it's a lot of party theme like parking lot party. I forgot who yeah. sings that song, but uh, well, you know. and, and I went to I went to a Keith Urban concert and I was really surprised because I didn't know a lot about him. Yeah, I knew he was a country artist, but seeing him perform, I thought this guy wanted to be a rock and roll guitar star yes and, and the, it just maybe didn't work out and they way. don't and that's that's how kind of newer country music is is it's faster pace a little bit yep. more rock a little bit more of a show whereas previous country was just a guy sitting there playing a guitar and singing about whatever you know yep. about the typical themes but now it's it's a little bit different and it's evolved things are going to evolve over time that's just how that's just how stuff works yeah, you know, a like, lot more hip hop, and you yeah. even have rapping going on, which, when, which I think yeah. twenty years ago you would have never guessed. When Elvis first hit the stage and he's moving around yes. like he did, everybody's like, "Oh my God, what's he doing?" You know, um, cover your eyes. <laughs> so, so concerts. That was your first. Yes. How about your most memorable? Oh, Maybe the boy. one you traveled the most. So for, that or was something? I worked for at that same radio station. Is how I got into these concerts. Um, and we, we would, so we would go, there was one in Wisconsin where I was from, there were a few big festivals we had, well, rock USA was there in a town called Oshkosh, just right up 20 minutes up the road, big, you know, a big festival, a big field essentially with a big stage country USA was there for many years before that. And right, like a year before I was there. My first year at the station, I think, is when they started Rock USA. Journey was the big one. I did not go to that one. But the next time, you know, you do your live broadcast. We're here at Rock USA. Come on out and get a free T-shirt or whatever, you know, stuff like that. You do your live broadcast from 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock. People spin the wheel. They get prizes. They show up. They're drunk. It's fun. It's a fun time, right? Um, yeah. And then you go and you watch, the, you watch the concert and you watch the show and you go home, um, obviously responsibly. Um, unless you got a camper or tent. But, uh, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that's kind of how I got into it. And Motley Crue was the first one. I went to many more at that same festival. Uh, Tesla um, was in there. Who else was in there? I saw, though, this is a great story. And then the, the county, right? When you think of, right, we're talking about stereotypical country music. When yeah. you think of the county fair, you think of, right, country type of music stuff. You know, you got the pigs over here. Oh, yeah, we're going to finish things up with. Whoever on the main stage, this country artist. We had somebody, there was a younger guy that took over our county fair, and he wanted to get rock music into there. And they got some good rock bands. Foreigner played there at the county fair. And here's the story that I'm trying to lead into. The same night, right? I'm working media. We're, we're at both the county fair and Rock USA are both going on at the same time. The same night, essentially. Okay. Um, 
And I have passes to both of them. Okay. Cause I had to, you know, one Thursday I had to work here, one Friday I had to work here, back and forth. Right. Yeah. I saw at the Fond du Lac County Fair, I saw White Snake. And then right after that concert was over, I booked over, went up to Oshkosh, showed him my badge, got in, and I got to see Van Halen. White Snake and Van Halen back to back in the same evening in the year, oh gosh, 2012, 2013. Uh, So that's right up there. That's that's one of the best. I'm trying to remember the year. One year... So if a band will come, I, I, I do pay to go to concerts, but the Mall of America has been a good attraction location for some. One year, Def Leppard came and gave a concert there, and they performed, I believe, seven songs, which is a legit set, I think. Yes, yeah. And then for the people who came early, like myself, who waited in line, there was an autograph session afterwards. So we got to go meet the band after watching them play. And then I'll never forget that my daughter, my oldest daughter, fell asleep on on her mom's shoulders during Pour Some Sugar on Me, which is what? a great lullaby. Yes, yes. <laughs> she fell asleep. That no, is the one when I'm at a when I'm at a wedding. And it might be song, and I hear that. Oh God, what's the riff? Yeah, that drum. And I hear that. I just spring out of my chair, and I'm I just close your eyes, turn the other way. You know, like oh my God, I get I get right. Yeah, I I get I get just so jazzed up. And when I'm in the car and I hear that, and I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, that and Rocket, those are just awesome beats. I can't believe she fell asleep, but she did. And so actually the funny thing is she actually told Joe Elliott that my daughter fell asleep to pour some sugar on me. (laughs) It's a great lullaby. And he laughed and it was, I mean, I wonder sometimes if they remember those moments that we were just incredulous and you know how kids are when they crash, they crash hard. And yeah, my oldest fell asleep at a, at a Def Leppard concert. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. <laughs> That's the craziest thing that ever happened. Ju- wow. Um, and now, for, furthest yep. you've traveled. Oh, you, gosh, you not probably, that far. You're probably one of the few per- people who have done two concerts in one night because yep. you could. Oh, man, that was that was quite a night. It was, you know, I was young. I was, oh, boy, 2012, eight years ago. I don't know, early 20s. Call it early 20s. I was of age, alcohol-wise, so that obviously made things a little bit more fun. Um, right. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that was, oh, it was just, you're going, it's just, and it was, it was not planned. It was not planned. I knew, I knew Whitesnake was playing and I knew Van Halen was playing. It didn't come to me until like towards the end of the Whitesnake concert. Oh, wait a minute. Van Halen's playing an hour from now. We should go. We've already heard, um, that's cool. All the Whitesnake songs we wanted to hear, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, and I'm like, oh, Van Halen, right? 20 minutes up the road. It's going to take us a while to get in, park all that jazz. Hey, we can get in there. And, you know, they always come on late anyway, right? That's a concert thing. Yeah. Um, especially when it's a bigger show. Uh, but 
Yeah, that was, oh, that was quite the night. Furthest I've driven, I mean, I drove 20 minutes. <laughs> that, that honestly might be the furthest I've driven for a concert. Well, no, I no from our house. I've England. I've flown to wow. England and I've flown to Toronto to see a band that I like called the Pet Shop Boys. They're from England and they were doing a show there. And I had some local people that I met up with, some fans that I had met online. And when I was in Toronto, I had the most amazing person who was able to get us backstage to meet the band. And what's really, really crazy is that they said it was a tenuous connection, that it might not work. And I was willing to stay outside and wait just in case. And it paid off. It was a whirlwind. It was a very cool moment, but it wasn't, you know, you imagine backstage. One of my friends, Joe, has been backstage on a lot of concerts, and he used to play in a band. And sometimes he'll be hanging out with the band like that night for the evening, which I'm kind of super jealous of. This was more of like a you get to quickly meet them. They signed autographs. We got a couple photos, and then it was over. But it, and, and it might have lasted four or five minutes but we spend an hour to get those five minutes well worth it i'm very happy it happened it was amazing but it wasn't like you know i was imagining oh dude we got to hook up for backstage it's going to be amazing we're going to get to maybe hang out for a little bit it was a lot of like standing at a distance waiting for a moment to like get a moment and then it was over but well worth doing i highly recommend it if you're if you're if you have the ambition i would always say wait I think the worst I one time we waited outside the Metrodome back when there was a Metrodome. They had the section area sectioned off where the team came off and I waited outside for the Cowboys after the Cowboys came to Minnesota. I waited outside and one security guard said, you are not going to get any autographs. You shouldn't even wait here. And I said, well, we're going to wait here anyway. And we waited for quite a while and we got super fortunate that the coach at the time, Jason Garrett, who was a quarterback for the Cowboys years ago, he came out and he must have been meeting family here. So he stopped and signed autographs for for us before meeting up with his family. So the guy said, you have zero chance of something happening. And I, and I thought, I'm going to stand here anyway. So I will always encourage people to just be there just in case because you never know. You might get to meet the band. You might get an autograph. You might get a moment. And if you're really into it, it's well worth it. Is that the most famous autograph you've ever gotten? Ooh, no. No, actually, my daughter has the coolest story about an autograph or special memorabilia moment. So um, my dad was a Cowboys fan. My mom used to live in L.A. And so I followed the Rams and the Cowboys as a, as a, as a kid and just stuck with it. And we went down to St. Louis for a game, and there was my friend had seats in the corner where the team came in and out. So that's where we sat. It was a great place to be. The first game we went to, all these kids went down. I didn't know what was going on, and they, they threw up gloves, and, and, and the players were throwing up their, wrist, their headbands and their wristbands. And, and I was like, oh, man, you know, my kids should get in on this. This is kind of cool. So – the next time we went, my daughter got a glove from one of the linemen. Super cool little thing. It's funny, like, how much that means to a little kid. Like, that made our week, 
her getting this glove, right? It costs them nothing. I don't even think they use them twice because they're professionals. They get new swag all the time. It's always amazing to me how like just handing that 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 wristband or that glove can make a kid's day. I, I, I wish more of it happened because it's so cool as a fan to get these kind of things like guitar picks. It's like, come on, you you probably got have a box of 100. Just throw me one. Uh, they, they mean something. So my daughter goes down and I see her lined up and the quarterback for the Rams, Mark Bulger, has the ball and he throws the ball to the crowd. He hands it to one of the kids and I, my kid's right in the mix. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I think she might've been right there. She, I don't know if she, so she comes up, my daughter comes up from being down there and she's crying. I was like, oh no, what happened? You know, she's really upset. She's crying, making noise and sobbing and, and is very emotional. And I said, oh, what happened? Uh, and she said, oh, I said, did the, did the kid hit you? Did something happen? And she goes, no. She goes, oh my gosh. So we're down there and, and we're looking at the players and they're coming off. And I can see that the quarterback, I can see that he's going to throw the ball up to us. He's going to hand the ball up to us in the crowd. And she goes, this is so cool. And he kind of looks at me, but he hands it to the boy next to me. And, and she's like, oh, well, that's okay. You know, yay, you guys won. Good game, you know. And she goes, and then, and then um, I'm looking, and I'm looking at Marshall Falk, the Rams running back. And, and he's looking at me. I said, okay. And, and, and then he says, here. And I said, what? And she pulls her hand out. She pulls her arm from behind her back. And she goes, he handed me this. And it's his hat. He handed it to her. And she said, I said, what did you do? What'd you say? She said, I just stared at him. And he said, no, here, take it. I want you to have this. And she goes, dad, he handed me his hat. And, and the best part of all is she goes, dad, it's wet with his sweat. So it's a legit, it was a legit yeah. hat. And it has number 28 written on it. This is a guy who's in the hall of fame. So it's crazy how I really love that story because she could have got a football and it, she didn't even blink like, yeah, I didn't get a football. It's fine. You know, I was there cheering the team on. I was in the moment and then kind of crazy that, you know, he did this and she's going to love Marshall Falk for the rest of her life. How am I going to be? And that? all he, all he did, he spent 30 seconds. I know that's all it takes. That's all quickly to wrap up. My famous, most famous autograph by a guy named Donald Driver, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Well, you might think, well, how'd you get that autograph signing, uh, show up to a car dealership or whatever. Donald Driver went to college at Alcorn State. He was a sixth round NFL draft pick. And if you know anything about Green Bay Packers training camp, you got the bikes. They ride the bikes from the practice field to the stadium. Yep. The good players, most of the all Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl guys, they go and they usually don't ride the bikes. It's usually reserved for the younger guys. I got Donald Driver's autograph his rookie year. He was a sixth-round draft pick. He was a nobody, essentially, in training camp at that point. So we got Donald Driver's autograph, and it's sitting somewhere. So I've got Donald Driver's rookie autograph on a, on a, on a program somewhere. 
Um, so that was so he's top five. Yeah, he's one of he's one of Ted Larue's top five players of all time. I was gonna come back and say, well, I got Donald Driver's autograph when he was a rookie. Look at me, and then here you're freaking making trying to make me cry or something. <laughs> I'm I'm choking. I'm emotional over here. Uh, but Don Ackerman, he does it again. Sixty random minutes. That'll do it. Have a good one. <laughs>